0: I love to listen in the morning. Jimmy Lakey on the radio. I got my coffee and cream. Jimmy's on the air. Wake up and start your day. KCOL. All right, you know what? I'm happy to be here. I really am. I hope you're happy to be here. I'm still trying to figure out the Uncle Buck comment. The John K- Somebody can somebody interpret here? We need a pop culture interpreter. Caller calls up earlier and says, "I'm like Uncle Buck. I'm John Candy," and I don't get what that means. I, I, I'm watching Uncle Buck and uh, some clips, and I'm like, I don't. I, somebody, I need a, I need a, so I need an interpreter. <clears throat> If you can be a cultural interpreter today, a cultural liaison, and maybe help me bridge the gap between what was said and reconcile the difference between what, what I hear, I, I'm not getting it. He said, great compliment that I'm Uncle Buck or John Candy, but I don't – am I missing something? Am I... Delilah, Delilah shrugs her shoulders. She doesn't know. She doesn't have a clue. <clears throat> she had to look up to see who John Candy was, Uncle Buck. You haven't seen Uncle Buck, have you? Mm. Have you seen the movie Predator? Well, I don't fault that because you're, you're like a, a hipster millennial there, and I just saw Predator the other night. <clears throat> Special effects, computer generated graphics, not what they, yeah, not wasn't the best in '87, but yeah, it was interesting. All right, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. News Talk 600 KCOL. As yeah, if you want to be a culturally cultural liaison, get on hold. I'll bring you in here in just a moment because I'm trying to figure out why a caller says uh, that I'm, and he says it's a great compliment that I'm Uncle Buck John Candy, and I make him laugh. And I pl- I'm pleased to make you laugh. I Always like to make you laugh. By the way, I got to get to Steve Laffey, but here's here's a question I have. <clears throat> uh, Delilah, run down the hall to the newsroom, ask this question, then I'd run away as fast as you can because they're going to throw something at you, right? Top of the hour news. Mr. Big Voice News Guy says a guy let his dog kill a deer fawn. And my first question was was Is there another kind? Is there another type? Was it a pig fawn? No, it was a deer fawn. Oh, good, glad you clarified that one there. <clears throat> yeah, if you go run down the hall and ask that question, um, r- ask and then run back because you're going to get th- they're going to throw something at you. All right, news talk six hundred KCL. Steve Laffey joins me on the hotline uh, T- Tuesday instead of a Wednesday because I'm I'm off tomorrow. So Steve, welcome into the show, sir
1: special Tuesday edition, I told
0: everybody. A special Tuesday edition of the Steve Laffey presentation on the Laffey and Lakey together on a Tuesday. Yesterday, Laura and Lakey were on together, Carno and I, on a Monday. Everybody's getting thrown off. People like, Mabel, I don't know what the heck's going on. Everybody's all mixed up this week. It's weird like how it's happening that.
1: Well, you do. I do. And for people who don't, you know, who know me and know you, whatever, you do You do live, if you're doing guest stuff, at least I do, live in fear of actually missing it. I have it written all over, yellow stickies, even though oh, yeah. I've been on your show every Wednesday for like five years, right? So, so when it comes Tuesday, I'm like, wait a second, Mom, what do I got to do? I got I to gotta make sure I'm, I got to get on. And, of course, this oh. is the 4-H week where I was. I sent you a text where pictures of me down at the Goat farm, the Colorado State, at the Larimer County Fair. At 6 a.m., that's where I've been. And so I've been kicked out of my office. I'm actually sitting on the back balcony looking to the cows move, which is certainly no hobos in view here, in this, from my view yet. No but, hobos. Uh, <laughs> no hobos in, in view right now. But if I go to Old Town, and why not call them hobos? They're hobos. The definition of a hobo is a guy, generally a guy, not they girls girls, wants, wants to just not work, ride the rails, hang out, and be a hobo. That's what goes on in Old Town, Fort Collins, Denver, Colorado, and I'm sure in all these major cities now that Democrats generally run it. And and, and try to make them full of hobos, try to make them full of rats. The, the people the people don't understand who live a normal life and don't concern themselves is that in the city of Baltimore, uh, Congressman Cummings wants people to live with rats in rat-infested places because they will have no hope. He will then tell them that they need reparations and money from the federal government, and they will then vote for him. It's called the Curley Effect. You try to send away all the people who won't vote for you. The state of Rhode Island, I left uh, years ago, is, has done that successfully. They have the worst run, 50th last in business in the whole United States of America. They have a Democratic governor. Before that, it is independent Democratic governor. They did it on purpose. They, they send away wealthy or affluent or entrepreneurs to other places so they can just have people who will vote for them and then consolidate power and try to make it look like Venezuela. The debate tonight, Jimmy, is in Denver. I mean, um, it's in Detroit. Detroit is a complete, even no matter what anybody says, seven years of bankruptcy, asshole, take a look on Zillow and go buy yourself a $30,000 home.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that President Trump, you know, you don't have to like his tweeting. I don't care, but he said this is a rat-infested, vermin-infested city. Well, uh, CBS News... USA Today, the L.A. Times all one month ago were talking about how L.A. was rat infested. They were talking about how to get the rats out of literally out of the city hall building uh, there. They were able to call L.A. rat infested and not be not be racist. But President Trump says that uh, Baltimore's rat infested and suddenly they interp- interpret that as racism. And again, yeah. we have people calling somebody a racist, but they can't refute the claim. You must just be a racist because you dared to observe it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do with black or white. There could be white people living in It just It's just what Democratic leaders want to do, and it seems like as regarding the national debt and other things. Republican leaders are heading that way, too. But uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. But people yeah. people somehow vote for it, because so they have no hope. Yeah. And our job, your job, our job as Christians is to give people hope and, and to show them the solutions.
0: Uh, let me uh, d- jump over here to a topic that maybe a lot of folks don't discuss, and that's why I like having you on, because we talk about some real news as opposed to this battle between Elijah Cummings and President Trump. The yeah. Fed says they're going to – you think the Fed's going to cut rate today, and a lot of people say, oh, that's good. My interest rate on my house is going to go down. I can still refi. Uh, you say it's actually bad. Don't do that. we got to start saving some money as Americans. Uh, talk about their Fed cut today. Yeah, there's,
1: there's no, no other reason that – reason gold and silver, Bitcoin, other alternative currencies, the Swiss franc, are starting to rally this year. Uh, since you know, 1970-something, when we went off the gold standard, uh, we have increasingly turned to the Federal Reserve. In 1970, Jimmy, people would not even talk about the market or the Federal Reserve in 1960 and so forth. And today, um, you know, we, have, we have a serious, serious financial crisis that the President of the United States is simply wrong about. All members of Congress are simply wrong about, and the Federal Reserve will make a giant mistake today. So just to backtrack a second, we have a giant crisis in 2008, 2009, 2010. We run up these $1.5 trillion on a yearly basis at the very peak of Obama uh, disaster, $1.5 trillion deficit. We're in a recession. Uh, No one in the Fed seemingly saw the mortgage disaster, even though they're supposed to be really smart people. Um, and they solve it by lowering rates and doing something called quantitative easing. Along with the way, members of the Federal Reserve get on CNBC and every other major channel and try to convince you that it's normal. It wasn't normal. It's not normal. It had never been done before in the history of the world. Not in Roman times, not in European, when, when France and England ran the world and so they run up a 4 trillion dollar 4.4 trillion dollar balance sheet on the fed from 400 billion and then about a year ago they try they try 2 years ago really they start raising rates they raise them and they try to make sure that people know we're going to get out of the situation finally the fed is doing the right thing they've done the wrong thing this is this is like starting to do the right thing and for people, who, I just talked to like nine business people on the phone yesterday. None of them care whether rates are a quarter low or a quarter high to invest in companies. Yet, so they raised the rates, and then a year then a year ago or so, year and a half ago, Powell actually says the right thing, and so he's going to he's going to let the Fed bonds that they've accumulated two thirds of the thirty year thirty year Treasuries have been bought by the Fed, private mortgages, all things that they never should have done because we need a market price. To determine how to invest. So they're going to roll that off. They're going to let it roll off continuously. Now, of course, in today's world, on CNBC and everybody else, as, as you know, Jim, we've talked about this, it's the market, the market, the stock market. So the stock market goes down. So what? It doesn't go down like 80%. It just goes down. It takes like a 10% correction. And the president is hammering on the Fed. The Fed changes its mind it now, it's starting to not raise rates anymore, not roll off the bonds that it owns. And today, we'll start continuing to start lowering interest rates um, and, and try to get in line with all these other countries because they think, and that's the front page of the paper, as a corollary, Fed borrowing soars as deficit fears fade. So altogether, this is happening. We have many countries in the industrialized world who have negative 10-year bonds. But the thought process that we could continue this forever just because we can do it now is foolishness. It's actually going to lead to total ruin and literally, I think, ruin what is the faith in the, in the U.S. dollar. And so that's really the problem, Jimmy. We live in a time where people are actually doing this. It's a disaster. And I, and I just tell people, in 2007, the beginning of January 2007, how many people are listening to the show today – How many people at the Federal Reserve Board, how many people in the U.S. Congress thought that zero-down loans, what they were called liar loans later on, and mortgages that were being sold to people who should not have bought homes, how many people thought that was a problem? The answer, almost nobody except for, well, myself, who did nothing about it. I did short some uh, some things, but but John Paulson did. He made a billion dollars. But other than him, how many people thought it was a problem? Almost nobody, Jimmy. And so, before you have real problems, it's always pretty bright. This is a real problem; should not be done. The cow was at the Fed. The president's insane policy of keeping the talk about quantitative easing as the economy is growing at three percent. Oh, lo and behold, it was going to grow at four, Jimmy. That's right. It never did. And last quarter, it went down to grow at two. It's a disaster for our country. And it's a disaster because it, it, it pertains to everything we do, Jimmy. It pertains to our national defense, our budgets, how we spend money, how people trust us. It's all going away, and it can go away really quickly. And that's what's happening in America today, although I'm the only person who's going to tell you this this morning in the United States yep. of America. Nobody else is going to talk about it.
0: Hold tight. I got to pause here. Steve Laffey, my guest, his website, stevelaffey.com, L-A-F-F-E-Y, stevelaffey.com. How did you sleep last night, my friends? I told you yesterday I didn't get a lot of sleep. I couldn't shut my brain off Sunday night going into Monday morning, but I made up for my lack of quantity of sleep. I mean, seriously, quality of sleep. Uh, Normally, if I got that little sleep, I'd be exhausted. I did pretty good yesterday. I did need a nap in the afternoon. I didn't get, but uh, doggone it, I made it through the radio show, and that's very important. Listen, you need a good night's sleep. It's very important. it's not just for your comfort. It makes you feel good. It's the kind. It's the time that your body, if you get a good night's sleep, is taking out the trash. It's cleaning itself up, and that's why you have to have a better night's rest than what you're getting. If you're tossing and turning, and you're just kind of dreading going to bed, I look forward to going to bed now, and I, and I look forward more than ever before because I have a fantastic mattress. The Sleep Store of Fort Collins has all the major brands. They have some minor brands. They have brands you've never heard of because one size sleep doesn't fit all. If you go to a store that just has one brand in it, guess what? They're selling you that brand. Well, it may not be the best for you. It may not be the best for me. They have all the major brands, 50 or so displays on the showroom floor for you to test out, try it, uh, try out the adjustable base, put it to the test, change your pillow up. They can do all that on the showroom floor and really customize a good night's sleep for you. You're going to be more awake with a great mattress value. And here's what they have going on. their super sizzling, hot summer savings event. The sleep store up Fort Collins, beauty rest firms, the queen size starting at $399, you rack it on up to that rest Platinum, choose the firm or the plush. It's all just different technology. You can pick what's in your budget and what's in your comfort, 1199 for the queen, and when you do that adjustable base like I have, you can transform your bedroom into a tranquil retreat. It's all possible. It's a great showroom. Walk in the door, say, hey, Jimmy Lakey sent me, and they're going to find it, and you'll be surprised, virtually any budget, they can find a great bed for you, and you're going to get a better night's sleep. 3500 South College Avenue, east of the Trader Joe's, in the Square Shopping Center. Walk in, say, Jimmy Lakey sent me. Listen, get out of the heat. It's going to be hot again today. Get into the cool showroom, again, next to the Trader Joe's, in the Square Shopping Center in Fort Collins. This is worth the drive from anywhere. 3500 South College Avenue, east of the Trader Joe's. Sleepeasy.com is their website. Sleepeasy.com. When you walk in the door, again, tell them Jimmy Lakey sent you, and you can send me a thank you note once you start having a better night's sleep. Sleepeasy.com. Com. Back in a moment, News Talk 600, KCOL. Steve Laffey is my guest. Stick around now, there is plenty, and I do mean a plenty more to come.
2: This is News Talk 600, KCOL.
0: Welcome to the program. Uh, somebody, uh, they've sent me hate messages before they don't really like, I, I think they don't like me. It says, when criticizing Baltimore, uh, Trump isn't a racist, he's a Ratsist. Ooh, that's creative, isn't it? <laughs> uh, was the LA Times a racist when they criticized LA? Uh, was Bernie Sanders a racist whenever he said the, the place looked like a freaking third world country in Baltimore? I'm not sure. Anyway, that's, a, appreciate your messages on all front. That came out on, on Facebook. Uh also um da, 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 da. Oh here's here's it listen to this one uh, Gary writes, the Garlic Festival shooting is a deep state false flag event more to come since congress is on recess and they need to control the narrative. They don't want you to so he says hey what well, they 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 want you to talk about that thing out in California not about what they really should be talking about. I will find out. Uh interesting messages coming in today. Uh, glad to have you on the program. Interesting uh, guest, Steve Laffey, joins me here. Uh, Steve, welcome back to the program, sir. Jimmy, great to be here. It's a beautiful day. Uh, you're going to be filling in for me next Monday, so uh, you'll be back behind the microphone filling in and uh, have an entire show that you can pontificate and uh, be prolific and prolificate all by yourself. So uh, thank you for doing that while I'm, while I'm <laughs> away. I'm
1: looking forward to it. Nine, uh, nine ways to fix America. It'll take four hours.
0: Four hours, and you'll probably get through three of them, knowing you. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Send me a headline, Wall Street Journal. Federal borrowing soars as deficit fears fade. Uh, The Treasury is expecting to sell over $1 trillion in debt, uh, but nobody's talking about it in 2020, Republican nor Democrat. uh, Nobody's really talking about the deficit. Uh, What say you, sir?
1: Yeah, it is a seminal issue of our time. The deficit now uh, is over $22 trillion. When I made the movie Fixing America not many years ago, there's one scene in the movie, Fixing America movie, at Um the deck, the deck clock, we probably shouldn't have put it in because otherwise it's still timeless. But the debt was like uh, $14 trillion on the debt clock. Today it's $22 plus, $22 trillion. With, that's, that's 22 with 12 zeros. But the thought process that nobody can be told that is that in order to fix these problems that that somebody, some segment, some people have to take the hit. You can't fix a real problem without without somebody I mean, you can't fix your car without paying the guy some money, right? So or buying some oil. So but in America today, whether the Republican or Democrat, and I'm a Republican as you know, nobody's willing to tell the American people this is what it will take for us to get our house in order. And it's not really that bad. But, it, but but nobody, not Donald Trump, who said in the campaign he wouldn't touch Social Security, he wouldn't touch Medicare, he wouldn't touch Medicaid, or the Democrats, whose solutions are so bizarre, double the tax on Social Security overnight. Uh, okay, make it 20. This is what they're talking about. But we're now at a point where trillion-dollar deficits are the normal. And uh, here's, here's a quote from a guy at the Manhattan Institute, a right-leaning think tank, and he's right. He says, quote this morning in the front page, it is difficult to see what would bring the deficit below $1 trillion in the absence of a very large turnaround in fiscal policy. Um, you know, and, and my frustration is that I'm referred to many times by the Democrats as the, as the original Tea Party guy when I ran for the United States Senate in 2006. And the Tea Party was started in 2009, and, and a quote in the paper today, same article, the Tea Party rose to promise amid a budget austerity drive that consumed Washington in the early part of the decade leading to the 2011 deal in Congress to impose spending caps. All of that is gone, Jimmy. It, I mean, I'm speaking to the wind, it looks like. But somebody should run for president based upon this, because it's the one topic that the American people know is a giant problem. In fact, I'll give you one statistic. How can it be today, as the economy is roaring, let's say, as employment is historically low, that nearly two-thirds of Americans, would ask whether you're on the right track or the wrong track, simple question, is America on the right track or the wrong track? Go to Real Career Politics and read the last seven polls in that, including Rasmussen's. All of them have like 60% wrong track, 30 to 40% right track. The reason is that it's about this. It's about the budget deficit, and people who have children like you do, Jimmy, like I got six of them, we all know that our children are starting to lead and will continue to lead a less bountiful life because we, as adults, have totally screwed the next generation militarily, financially, and morally. We know this. So even though the economy is booming, you would never find another time under Ike, under JFK, where the economy was booming, where two-thirds of the people are saying we're on the wrong track. But it's happening today because of the false false notions that we could actually spend as much money as possible, and we know we can't. Yeah, Uh,
0: That's the voice of Steve Laffey. Steve, I appreciate your time. Good luck to your kids uh, competing today in 4-H, and uh, go get them, Laffey family.
1: We got them. We love it. We love you, Jimmy. I'll, I'll be in there Monday for you.
0: You got to appreciate you. Uh, Steve Laffey, stevelaffey.com, L A F F E Y, stevelaffey.com. All right, when we come back, added on a guest here at the very last minute, i got to talk to Robert Bobby Charles, a Robert Charles, National Spokesperson for the Association for Mature Americans. And Association for Mature Americans, usually sounding off on health care, right? Eh, not so much. This time they're talking about border security. What does AMAC have to say about securing our southern border? Stand by, more to come. I'll be back. Roll the music. News Talk 600 KCOL AMAC. (laughs) You never knew they'd jump into the border discussion, but they have. Stick around. More to come. Bobby Charles with me next.
2: All the news you need all the time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook, 600 KCOL
0: All right, here I am. Welcome to the program. Don't forget my charity golf tournament coming up. Aha, uh-huh, sure is. Uh, poker tournament as well. A lot of charity events coming up. I got my Rivers Pro. we We announced we're building a school in Rwanda. Uh, it's an eight-year plan. Good Lord willing, the uh, Creeks don't rise, and everybody supports us, right? We're going to be launching this thing in January with our first classes. And uh, uh, that's what the poker tournament uh, down at Del Frisco Cigar Lounge is going to be, uh, steak and food, and it's going to be fun. Uh, if you like the little fun, 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 that's going to be. And then also the charity golf tournament coming up in September. Uh, Dr. Tom Hecker called up yesterday and said, Hey, Lake, I'm sponsoring the lunch for that thing. He's done that three years in a row now. Uh, it's just a great event. His sons will play. He plays usually It's just a fun, a fun event. I uh, go to facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page and learn more uh, about those. Just click the events tab and you'll see some of the charity events we have coming up. And I'd love to see uh, me. Meet, meet. And by the way, if you don't play golf or you don't, uh, poker or anything, any of these tournaments we're doing, uh, don't worry. Each of them has what we call a social pass available, which means you get to come to the event and hang out, and you don't have to participate in the activities. And it's just uh, you get the food, you get the fun, but you just don't have to play the game. So uh, that's that's how it works. So fa- facebook.com slash Jimmy Lakey fan page. Click the events tab. And if that doesn't work for you, just go to Rivers Promise, my charity, RiversPromise.org. And remember, everything we do is a 501c3 organization, fully tax deductible, IRS approved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, just so you know. All right, uh, that's RiversPromise.org. I want to welcome into the program. We just added him in the last minute here on the radio show. It is. Um, let me let me pull up the exact bio. Robert Bobby Charles Amac. Anybody familiar with Amac? I hope you are. If you're not familiar with AMAC, you should. You absolutely should be familiar with AMAC. Let me get the right... Let me, sorry, I'm punching the wrong buttons on my computer. I can't even punch up the phone. That's my fault. That's not anybody else's fault. I take full responsibility. Robert Bobby, Charles National Spokesperson for the AMAC Association of Mature Americans. And you think oftentimes that AMAC or other organizations only going to talk about health care, but Robert Bobby Charles uh, comes on, and they're getting into the world of the border issue, the border security. Bobby Charles, welcome to the program, sir.
2: Well, thank you very much, Jimmy, and uh, it's a, a privilege to be on with you.
0: Uh, glad to have you. People think AMAC, uh, by the way, Association for Mature Americans, we've got to talk about health care, and that's going to be their main passion. But you have some information that you think that your members, uh, 1.9 million, almost 2 million members exactly, are very concerned about what's happening at the southern border. Unpack the information.
2: Absolutely. And, in fact, it, uh, it is a big Supreme Court ruling that just happened in that area. But uh, let me just give you a footnote here. Uh, I am uh, proudly a national uh, spokesperson for AMAC, and, of course, AMAC is really the conservative alternative to AARP. And uh, my past or background, and uh, it just sort of feeds directly into that, is that I worked in the Reagan White House and in the Bush 41 White House and was Assistant Secretary of State under Colin Powell. And the reason I really have affiliated with them is that they are, by no means are they a one-issue organization. They're 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 really the group out there today that's defending the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. Uh, the fourth, the sixth, the tenth—they're they're on top of a lot of these issues. And what people don't realize is that a lot of Americans over the age of fifty uh, are veterans. They were in, uh, they either participated or family members were a part of, of World War II, of Korea, of Vietnam, and the border uh, border security really matters to those people. Uh, I'm one of them. And uh, and what happened is essentially this: the president back in February. And it really looks prescient now. It's declared legally a national crisis for a national emergency, which is actually a term of art. It's not a call to arms. There are a lot of national emergencies that continue, and they're declared in virtually every single presidency. And he said, I want to do a top-level transfer of about a tenth of the money required for the border out of the defense budget, And he was thrown up a big stop, uh, even though, in fact, in March, April, May, and June, we saw record 12-year record levels, more than 100,000 illegal aliens crossing in each of those months, uh, which, again, makes him sort of prescient-looking. But uh, in May, uh, a 49-year-old Obama-appointed judge in Oakland, California, uh, said, nope, you can't do it. He knew better about border and national security, and so he threw on a preliminary injunction uh, that, a week later, was disagreed with by a D.C. Uh, federal judge. Uh, and not to be outdone, uh, this uh, Judge Gilliam out in California, Ninth Circuit, uh, fired back with a permanent injunction. And what that did is it blocked our ability to begin the wall at El Paso, Texas, Yuma, Arizona, and a couple of other places. Last Friday, on July 26th, the 5-4 ruling from the Supreme Court said, stop right there. Uh, he said the transfer of funds by the president was legally permissible. The national emergency was ample for the warrants. Uh, to warrant that transfer and the permanent injunction and the preliminary one before that are completely unsustainable. And so the Supreme Court in a 5-4 decision came down to the president. Of course, history is made in inches, not miles. So this is a, it's kind of a breaking of the logjam. But uh, a couple of significant things really tie to this. One is that Stephen Breyer, who is a, who, who wrote a dissent, and he's a liberal justice, Actually, said the president does have the right to initiate wall contracts, even though he didn't want him to begin right away. It seems like a a distinction uh, that really a a distinction without a difference. Uh, So maybe the final ruling will go the president's way. Of course, this is another Ninth Circuit ruling that got tossed. And finally, I think average Americans should feel good about this because for the first time, the Supreme Court and rule of law takes a little while to work itself out. The Supreme Court said, no, the president is right. He is able to do this legally. He's within his, uh, not only his uh, legal requirements, but he's obviously executing on something that has valid validity behind it, at least uh, at this moment. And so I think we should feel good. You know, the Solicitor General wrote something in defending this case that I thought was fascinating. He said, the plaintiff's interest in hiking, bird watching, and fishing in a designated drug smuggling corridor do not outweigh the harm to the public of halting the government's efforts to construct barriers, to staunch that flow of illegal drugs. So. You know, bottom line is the president often, uh, his good decisions and the things that favor him and augur in his favor don't get reported. But uh, this one really should have been reported, and it should have been reported more widely because it really may be the log that breaks the jam.
0: Uh, there's workers uh, out of the working class, and I know we have, have uh, surveys that I've seen, that uh, people that are in the working community, they, especially those that may be on uh, entry-level jobs, are really much saying, hey, get that border wall up because these people are coming to compete with me for wages. Uh, when it comes to the members of AMAC, $1.9 million, you are the conservative alternative to AAR- AARP. Uh, what is the... What is the- reason that you think that a lot of these uh, maybe mature americans are also um saying hey you got to seal that border wall up we know that entry-level job workers say hey we don't want the wage competition is it is it streets and safety i think it's
2: much bigger actually i think it's much bigger jimmy i think that while that's a valid and, and significant and always has been significant reason I think older Americans love their country deeply. Uh, They always poll uh, in ways that show highest possible levels of patriotism. They tend to be religiously affiliated. They tend to believe in the sovereignty of the country. Again, many of them, where their family members, fought to secure this country's borders, uh, to secure the country. Uh, You know, one of the things they also see, I think, older Americans, is that there are overlaps between really significant social problems uh... and this illegal alien deluge uh... one of them is that the top uh... sanctuary cities the top ten sanctuary cities are also among the top homeless cities in the country so l.a has fifty five thousand san diego nine thousand you know san jose seven thousand san francisco six thousand seattle twelve thousand homeless this, was a, this is a new phenomenon, and what's happening is in these sanctuary cities, you're getting aggregation of public health and safety risks driven by uh, this new population. I think the other thing is that AMAC members are what I'll call common sense. Yes, there are 40% discounts on things, and et cetera, the same way you would get with the AARP kind of organizations. But reality here is that they represent a group of Americans who want to be vocal about preserving the traditions, the history, the smaller government, uh, strong defense, in many ways the Reagan values, I think, a lot of them, that, uh, that, we, that we grew up with. And, you know, I have kids, and I tell them, I, I make a point, uh, you know, in lots of different ways to say, America is not an accident. Uh, this is the result of enormous sacrifice and risk-taking, and we've made our errors. But we get back up, we're resilient, and we fight on. And one of the things we fight for is the preservation of the freedoms that are embodied in that Constitution. And that's a lot of what AMAC does. They, mm-hmm. they spend time trying to articulate, of course, the needs of older Americans on things like health care, but they go well beyond that. They really are about defending the, the integrity uh, and the history of this country. So I I encourage people, uh, you know, if if they sign up for a five-year renewal, they end up getting a copy of the book I wrote last year called Eagles and Evergreens. Uh, It's a uh, a book that celebrates the influence of World War II vets uh, on a small town in Maine. Uh, But the main point is that AMAC is really the voice of a lot of older Americans who otherwise wouldn't have a voice. And the border issue is one that a lot of older Americans, frankly, understand innately. They don't need to be rocket scientists or lawyers. They understand that the that the integrity of the country depends upon preserving its its perimeter.
0: Robert, Bobby, Charles, national spokesperson for AMAC, the Association of Mature Americans, the conservative alternative to AARP. Uh, Bobby, if somebody wants to learn more about AMAC, maybe join or renew their membership. How do they? Wh- where do they go?
2: Hi, uh, you can just Google AMAC.us, Very economical, and uh, or just Google AMAC, and you'll you'll come up with it. They have an extraordinary magazine that comes out, I think, quarterly now. And uh, it, it, its articles are just ex- exceptional. And, and you know, one of the things you see in things like their website and their, and their magazines is the news that you're not going to get anywhere else. Uh, they're very thoughtful about it. They're very balanced. And I think they're also very patriotic.
0: AMAC, Association of Mature Americans, amac.us. Google it and uh, uh, go check them out. Bobby Charles, thank you very much. National spokesperson for amac.us. I'll be back in just a moment. It's News Talk 600, KCOL. Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about pedicures and manicures in a very masculine and macho kind of way. Stick around. More to come. News Talk
2: 600 KCOL. He never hung his hat up at Kitty's place. I should have been a cowboy. Get some true inspiration. The Jimmy Lakey Show on News Talk 600 KCOL.
0: Here we go. What have you? I, I mentioned this yesterday, and I teased it on the promo that aired overnight on the radio station yesterday afternoon. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, you know it's official. If it's in the Wall Street Journal, you know it's not just me making stuff up. Headline, Nice Toes, Bro. Young Men Invade Nail Salons. And let me read a portion of this. So we're going to put this up, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it. We have a, an hour coming up of open lines. Any topic is fair game Then in, in the... Uh, Let's see. What else do we have? We, we have a little bit of Derek Wilburn coming up in the next hour. We have David Thomas Roberts coming up, uh, author of the Death of Book of Death of Liberty. But we have some space in and around this through the top of the through the end of the show, in which we'll do open lines. You pick the topic. Fair game. Be in your bonnet. Burn your saddle. Feel free. But I want to bring this topic up. It's the I think it's a fascinating discussion actually because the chat room got into a quite heated debate when i mentioned it yesterday and then yesterday afternoon as i was around the lake entertainment towers there was further discussion about the topic of men and manis and pedis a manicure pedicure wall street journal headline nice toes bro Young men invade nail salons. Sub headline written by Ray Smith. A manny petty becomes a manly petty as more guys get their feet in summer sandal shape. Women endure long waits and say it is a little weird at first. Uh, when Sonia E. Wilson went to get a pedicure on the 4th of July, she didn't expect to wait at her neighborhood salon, figuring most women had a rush to get their nails done before the holiday. By the way, did that ever cross your mind to go get a petty or a manny on a Fourth of July? You're cooking burgers. You're at the neighborhood parade, but no, Sonia E. Wilson gonna go on the Fourth of July. Uh, she said women weren't the problem. The Brooklyn, New York salon was packed with men. Miss Wilson learned she was fourth in line after three men all having pedicures. She says, I don't mind men stepping up their grooming, said Miss Wilson, a development officer at Medgar Evers College in Brooklyn, but I can't say I was happy to wait close to an hour while three of them were ahead of me. I gave them the side eye. What's the side eye? Glared at him out the side, I guess. Men are crowding nail salons this summer, spurred by shifting attitudes about their grooming, as well as the popularity of sandals from Gucci, Valentino, Rick Owens, and other luxury brands. Let me stop here. New York excuse me, the Wall Street Journal is based in New York, right? What do, what do you bet that outside of New York City, where Ray Smith is writing this, that there's not a soaring popularity of Gucci sandals, Valentino, Rick Owens, and other luxury brands And let's say, Fort Collins? I would dare say in Greeley, there's not a soaring sales of Gucci sandals. And I would even say in Denver or Boulder, there's probably not a soaring sales of Valentino. So here's a writer that is kind of, I guess, prisoner to his own location. Uh, it also says macho entertainers and sports stars, including LeBron James, have posted videos of themselves getting pedicures, reassuring the average guy that it's okay to step into salon and pamper their toes. Now, I remember when Tim Tebow played for the Broncos, Right after, maybe right before or right after they released him, uh, there, there were paparazzi following him in to get his petty in New York City. I think he was up there for the NFL draft or something. Marie Nails with loca- Ma- Ma- Marie Nails with locations in New York, L.A., and Honolulu has noticed more men coming in for pedicures. Uh, one of the directors of the U.S. chain's office says, we have regulars and they refer, so we've gotten more and more this year. Bella Cures, a chain with six salons in Los Angeles, Dallas, etc., have also seen an uptick in pedicures for men this summer as men want to get their toes all cleaned up. Men's feet can sometimes be a tougher job, says the uh, person from the salon, because men don't come in as often as women. They tend to opt for the callous repair pedicure and the extra scrubs with the sea salt and the organic sugar. Miss Wilson said some men's feet are often gross, but so are some women's feet. Her Brooklyn salon said they use a liner in each soaking tub for each customer that is disposable. Uh, many women... Say, it's great that guys feel comfortable getting pedicures, but venturing out in flip-flops and sandals, they, they, they should. But they don't like waiting in line now that men are showing up at their salons. Men, have you jumped on the Manny Petty chain? Uh, what say you? And also, ladies, have you experienced a longer wait at your salon? Has anybody complimented any of you guys recently and said, nice toes, bro? Uh... Your thoughts, mannies and petties, are they manly? You tell me, 866-888-5449. We'll talk about this in other topics coming up, but I want to hear from some men who get the manny pedi Own up to it. Tell us why it's great. And also, some of you women, if you're ticked off that the man's getting his toes done before your toes are getting done, uh, feel free to complain here. File a single file, 866 5449 866-888-5449. Is the manny patty really a manly thing to do? Stand by. More to come. 866-888-5449. Throw